0: read the Bible, we listen to it through preaching and you know all that kind of stuff, but um, but when we sing it, I really truly believe that that's, that's the bridge between perhaps where your mind and your heart and your emotions can really all connect with the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is.
1: Well, hello everyone, my name is Doug and I'm a pastor here at Lawrence Love Church, where everything we do is to help you receive and live out the love of Christ. In other words, we're really all about Jesus and we want to help you in your discipleship process by making Jesus your everything. Well, welcome to episode 11 of our podcast segment called Stories from the Church, where we share stories from the church that are for the church. And we're really doing this podcast for two main reasons. Firstly and foremost, to honor God by stewarding the relationships and the stories and the people that we have here at LLC. And secondly, we're also here to serve you. So feel free to let us know how we can serve you better. Happy New Year to you. I'm not sure how your new year has started. It really has been quite an interesting year already with all the politics that's been happening down in the U.S. I know that we're praying for our brothers and sisters down in the U.S., but also how COVID-19 continues to spread in many parts of our country here in Canada, in B.C., Western provinces, and also in alberta and also in quebec and ontario just know that for our brothers and sisters out there uh, we're praying for you as well and i was reminded in my devotions this morning that our god truly is in control it may sound cliche it may sound overused but it is the truth and i was just reminded and comforted uh, by that truth this morning and i hope that that will comfort you and know that i'm praying uh, that god will reveal himself to you during this time no matter the um, the virus that we're going through, the pandemic we're going through, no matter the politics or any other turmoil that you might be going through and experiencing, God is in control over all of that. So uh, today's conversation uh, was a fun one uh, because it was with my brother, uh, Duncan Wong, and he's currently working as a cardiac rhythm device technologist, a bit of a mouthful there, a cardiac rhythm device technologist, there we go, at St. Paul's Hospital here in Vancouver. Duncan also currently serves as our English ministry department head and a worship leader at LLC. Duncan will share about the heart and the meaning of worship, his thoughts and what he's learned as a worship leader, and the ins and outs of worship ministry too. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Duncan Wong. Well, hi, Duncan. Uh, thanks for coming onto the show again today on this recording and having this conversation with me. I was just saying with you before this that while well, you're my brother, so <laughs> our voices sound the same. So uh, it sounds like we're having the same conversation with one another. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, thanks for inviting me. We also uh, laugh the same. So at times it's probably going to sound like we're laughing at
1: ourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when we both lived at home uh, together, that uh, Jess, and my wife, now will call in and be looking for me, but then you'll pick up and then she'll have to pause for a sec. Be like, Doug, is that you? And, and you'll say something like, yes. And it's like, and then be like, Doug is like, Oh no, let me go get him. Like you always play, play, play jokes. Uh, so that, that was really good. I was never the a prankster. I didn't,
0: I, 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 I wanted to take it further, but, um, <laughs> but perhaps the Holy spirit within me
1: kept me from, <laughs> from, from continuing to lie yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, well, 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 both of us have been going to LLC for quite some time now. So I guess uh, for those listening, they probably want to hear a little bit more about you because you, you serve in quite a few roles right now at a church. Uh, you're currently our English ministry department head and also you're, you're one of our key worship leaders um, and yeah. really have a heart for worship ministry, but what's, what's your history like at LLC? And when did you start coming? How did you first find it? Uh, quite a loaded question, like how, how have things changed since, since then? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: in terms of history, I mean, it, it matches pretty closely to, to you, Doug. Uh, uh, I, I think it goes back to as early as 2000, like three, is that right? Uh, do you remember what year you went? I, I don't know. If...
1: I think it was 02. 02, something like that, right? Yeah, it was 02 that I started, well, not t- attending fully, but it was in the fall of 02 mm. that, that I Started going to LLC and then was pretty sporadic. Uh,
0: yeah, and and so I think I I, I followed suit soon after. Um, like I, I was kind of that younger brother, that clingy younger brother who who liked to be wherever uh, my older brother went. And so uh, we both went to a, a different church, uh, which is the same, but like not Lord's Love uh, before finding Lord's Love. And then when Doug started going to to Lord's Love, I I, I think I I soon followed. And I think, so it was 2002, 2003, then I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. Um, and I think at that time, uh, even now, I think with the kids ministry, I think it technically goes up to like grade, uh, grade seven, grade eight, I think back then. So actually yeah, I was, I think I was, I was supposed to be part of the, the, kids, <laughs> the kids ministry, but I refused. <laughs> right. I remember that. I, was, <laughs> I don't know if I was a rebel or more or, more, or a coward, Um but I want to stay, stick close to Doug. So then, so then I just stayed uh, in the English, uh, in the English congregation. And so, yeah, so that's when I started going. And I, I mean, the second question, how did I find it? I think it was, Oh, it's just so different. So, so Doug and I, we, did, um, I guess in terms of our, our mother's church, uh, it's like an old German, like Caucasian. Uh, German church. Baptist. Just, German Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all, they sang like hymns, uh, their sermons are like long and using words that I didn't understand and still don't understand, maybe.
1: Um, my favorite so, hymn was a Days of Elijah. I still think that was when <laughs> I first heard that song before. I still it still comes to my mind now. But those of you who don't know, you need to
0: Google it. It, it, it is it is a profoundly enriching song, I think, that would, that would, <laughs> that oh,
1: would yeah. really... Pro- <laughs> Okay, like I, the reason why it's is memorable is because the, the whole congregation will come very much alive singing this song. It's like the most upbeat song for the whole church. It, it was, yeah. It, it, was, it was the song of triumph
0: of, yeah. of, a, I guess, of a Baptist church um, <laughs> that you could possibly sing. Uh, but anyway, uh, so, so and, then, and then come Lord's Love, uh, which was very, very contemporary. And, and I guess still is contemporary to a degree. Um, and then, you know, singing Delirious, um, I I don't know what, oh yeah, Chris Tomlin, of course, at the time, and Matt Redmond, and Michael W. Smith, and all those artists of like the 90s, uh, of the whole like uh, CCM, contemporary Christian music, like movement. Um, and, 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 and so I think Bethany Baptist Church was the church where we came from. But uh, so they were running, using like everything like in terms of actually PowerPoint and then come to Lord's love. I remember like the actual manual projector screen slides, which I found very interesting in ghetto, like, like, you know, elementary school. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was vibrant though in its own way. And it was very, very, young for sure. Uh, and I was basically the only one because, you know, I was supposed to be, again, as I was saying, part of the children's ministry.
1: Yeah. And you're um, talking about, you're talking about the projector slides. Uh, the, the, that was part of the AV team. Right. Back in the yeah. day, that there was one person changing the slides uh, for the projector. Uh, that was a specific serving role, and and it, uh, and it didn't involve a
0: click. That's for sure. Yeah. It actually involved the entire movement of your body to <laughs> and 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 the lining up of the slide on into onto the uh uh what they call it? the yeah the projector
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's already a story in itself, not not the projector, but I'm thinking of where, how we came, uh, where we came from, how our mom came to faith uh, in a German Baptist church, but they had a Cantonese ministry as well, which, mm. which is kind of fascinating because they're based out in Richmond. Uh, but in some sense, like they, they, they were trying to be innovative and reaching out to their neighbors and trying to make a difference there. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but you, sorry, I'll cut, I'll cut you off, but you're saying how, like it has changed quite a bit in terms of, I guess, even equipment wise and the ways that we've been serving and the service and how it, it is. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, I think, uh, so, I mean, in terms of technology, of course, uh, I think we are, we have definitely been a church. who has been trying to be keeping up with the current kind of trend and, and, and movement of culture, which I appreciate with, with, um, our English, our English ministry. And that we're trying to keep current, um, but yet, start, still, start, still trying to stay grounded, right? Biblically, um, biblically right. speaking, and be relevant to uh, nowadays. Um, so I mean, I mean, I think that's how we've maybe changed and evolved in in, in in some ways in terms of how we have our conversations and how we conduct our services and what we talk about and et cetera. Et cetera. I mean, I think in other ways too is I think we've definitely matured. Um, I think now the English Congregation is what. Well, I think we're suddenly being our thirty third year coming, right, uh, right, just coming month, and so I think we've definitely grown up, maybe not in terms of just age wise, but in a sense like I do recall back in the day, at that time we were a lot about community and we still are, but community in a sense of just having like, like having fun, uh, just just kind of like spending time together, um, and uh uh yeah i just kind of do it like like retreats were a huge thing back then but right, not right. not so much to perhaps encounter god really but more so just to spend time with each other like play games sports chat and have fun and but yeah that kind of thing and so i think in terms of like it, it, our maybe our relationships have 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 deepened have or have evolved in that way and, are, and we've matured uh in our relationships and how we relate to one another I guess is mm. how I would say Lord Self has evolved.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, so, so now with your, well, one of your main roles is worship leading. Mm-hmm. And I know that's heavily on your heart. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you've seen that evolve over time. You share about the projectors and the songs that we sing. And, mm-hmm. uh, and actually, as you talk about a community, like going to uh, conferences and also uh, Christian concerts, yeah. Like, you know in worship nights I was really big I remember those mm-hmm. like like we'll have huge crowds like 30 40 of us mm-hmm. okay kind of all, all make a trick make a trek out to Abbotsford or or, or something like that yeah uh, but but when did you start worship leading and how or how did you start serving in that way
0: yeah um, I, yeah I, I'm thinking in terms of when the earliest would would probably be actually uh, one of the the summer retreats uh, that mm. I think how that happened was it was just one of the leaders just asked me and for those of you who know, Greta, uh, asked us to co-lead together. And, um, and at that time, I think I was already part of the team, but I was part of the team as a drummer of all things. <laughs> so I guess if I were to go back even further, I, uh, I believe yeah, so it was Jimmy who, so I, what we would do after service, on sunday was you know the drum set all the instruments are still up there on the stage and so right. we, would just, we would go up and then we just kind of fumble and play around and and right. i really liked playing the drums at that time and so and then jimmy came up to me and was like hey do you want to learn the drums and uh do you want to be part of the worship team and i'm like sure <laughs> and so mm-hmm. i was like yeah. so that was my short stint as a as a drummer for for myself but anyway so then i was part of the worship team in that kind of way and then uh i was asked by i don't remember who um, to oh, for retreat, do you want to like you and Greta co lead one set? And I'm mm. like, Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And um, some of you may remember this if you were there, but like, I the one of my I guess that's my earliest memory of worship leading. I I decided to lead the song Heart of Worship, um, but no instruments, like nothing. It was at, <laughs> like completely a cappella. Like, was that Camp Kakawa? I don't remember actually even what camp it was, right. it was okay. at. Yeah, I, I remember what the place looked like just the, the room um the open room and the podium that we're at but um anyway so and i remember this discussion with the team be like uh do you want us to like give you the key at least or like um uh, account and i'm like no i just want to do this like in, like completely not just our voices anyway and i i think um that was a very profound moment for me uh that kind of paved the way for wanting to continue to um to lead, to um facilitate and encourage the congregation in in expressing their their joy, their love for God through music and through singing. Mm. Um yeah, so I, I I actually don't remember what year that would be. I think it's probably the late, like close to 2010 ish,
1: probably. Mm. Mm yeah so so when you let that song though like you you said you were playing the drums but then I guess when you were leading you didn't have the guitar yet no I, I didn't know how to
0: play guitar at that time mm. uh
1: no not at all right
0: I'm just thinking when did you when did you and Jess start dating <laughs> to put you on the spot here yeah it was 2007 <laughs> 2007 yeah yeah okay so then yeah did I not play guitar at that time I'm just thinking I'm, I'm really trying to to, to think of when i started leading because no i, I don't think i because it was soon after you started dating jess because jess brought over so it's this kind of part answers a different question right. <laughs> about about my worship uh, journey so i started playing guitar because jess brought over the guitar once uh, so you when you started dating she because she, then she was playing guitar and she brought mm. it over and then i picked it up oh, okay. uh, and then i'm like i'm like forget the violin like oh. this, like this is my instrument now <laughs> um so, right. so i'm thinking that that was so i was i was grade yeah i was great that that makes sense grade 10 grade 10 grade, yeah so that was about, roughly around the time i think that i i started worship leading as well
1: right and, yeah Anyway. And, uh, well, as you're sharing about the heart of worship, I, r- I really yeah. think that that really still resonates with your worship leading now and your heart for the church and the heart for the worship ministry in terms of how it's about the heart. And it really isn't about all these other aspects that we call worship that really can become distractions,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: which we'll get into a little bit more later. Uh, but I guess in terms of like heart of worship, is that one of your favorite, if you can have one, like a favorite worship song? Uh, it, it sounds like the heart of worship means a lot to you or are there other songs that you resonate with more?
0: Yeah, actually, you know, um, just thinking about that question, uh, like favorite worship song, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a, it's a loaded question for me. Cause I'm like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I can really pinpoint one, but just, just talking about heart of worship, uh, it, it kind of, it makes sense for it to be kind of up there on my list. Cause that was the first song, I guess, that I've ever led uh, I would say, mm-hmm. but in terms of just the heart of the heart of the heart of worship it is obviously has been a, a, a resounding theme. And, um, as I've, as I've like gone through the worship ministry all these years, uh, thinking about my leading, the other song I would say, uh, impactful is how great is our God, which is mm-hmm. another great classic. Um, uh but more so because that's that's i think i'm pretty sure that's the first song i learned on guitar speaking of of guitar and and, and if you come to me today uh any one of you who have actually asked me for a lesson uh or if you uh, or if you come to me today and ask for a lesson like that's that's going to be the song that i'm going to teach mm. you first <laughs> right and, and, and then many of you who or a couple of you who have actually asked me to to teach you like you would be like oh yeah, yeah that's exactly the song that he <laughs> he asked me to to play it's made um, out of four chords right uh, it, like, it is. Honestly. It is. It's. It's the four. Yeah. It's the four chords that you basically need to know in a key of G. Um. Right. If you want plays to play 90% it plays ninety percent of it, <laughs> and it plays ninety percent of the uh, of worship songs out there. If you if you if you have a capo, then you you can pretty much get away with with most of the songs. But anyway, so yeah, how great <laughs> how great is our God is 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 one the, the song in terms of that that uh, paved the way for me to learn guitar and to you know the, the foundation. I guess. Uh, I think the more more recent songs. That I've I've really um, has been impactful in terms of my faith and, and expression of worship and, and, and expanded I guess my horizons of what worship and worship music can be uh, has been um, a song called So Will I by by Hillsong United mm-hmm. um, and also by Hillsong United a song called Behold and and the secondary title is called Then Sings My Soul
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the reason why I I would say that these two songs is so for so will I. Uh, I think it profoundly uh, uh, unpacks and um, explains beautifully God's creation, and that's been part of my journey as like my faith journey, uh, where I feel like or where I see God. He's revealed to me in creation and science. That's kind of that's my background. About bastions and science and all that kind of stuff, and so that's kind of where the way my brain is wired. But um, so will I. I just feel like just God as Creator, and, and just beautifully being like as you sing through it, just to 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 picture God, Almighty Creator, um, just with a single breath, all that He has made. Mm. Uh, it just yeah, it just it just really leads me to that place of awe and wonder of God. And so mm-hmm. that's how i really appreciate that song and behold i love and i realized i love songs that unpack the nature of god really right, well right. like biblic, biblically speaking right. in terms of like god the trinity the, tr- the word trinity doesn't appear in the bible but um you see god the father god the son the holy spirit in all aspects of creation and throughout the the bible and gospel narrative Mm -hmm. and so like the song like behold where it addresses both the fall like all three the father the son and the spirit and and their involvement with with uh the created like us um, and how that all works together Uh, again it just leads me to that awe and wonder of this awesome god just to be able to comprehend slightly just how amazing our God, the Trinity really is. Um, right.
1: Yeah. And, and as, yeah. As, as you're mentioning that, even the whole purpose of worship music, like why do we sing in, in churches? Then that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole long topic, but in mm. terms of how, yes, it is our worship of God. It is our declaration of who God is. But as we do that, there's a reminder for our own souls. Like mm. there's like, we're demanding our own, our own souls to remember that or remember mm-hmm. the Trinity, they remember these aspects of God, remember the attributes of God and who it, he is and mm-hmm. who the God is that we worship. And I find that's a huge role of worship ministry, the music worship music ministry, specifically, mm-hmm. uh, why we come together every single week uh, to remind ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's exactly what it reminds me of. Like when you shared about those songs, like you, your soul is reminded of, mm. of who this God is. And that's what resonates with you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
0: And, and so it's like what I, uh, and I think even if you talk about this, even scientifically, like in terms of like the, the psychology papers and all that kind of stuff out there, mm. I can't, unfortunately I can't, I'm not smart enough. I can't quote you which papers exactly. <laughs> but I know there's studies out there that, um, that there's something profoundly, uh, I keep using that word profoundly. Everything's very profound today. Um, <laughs> there's just something very uh, unique with, with, Music and melody um, that that impacts the human soul and the human heart and even the human mind and how we think uh, we think of for example like nursery rhymes right uh, but how mm-hmm. we teach our kids right is through song because it helps right. them to remember and to and to, uh, to to let it sink into their minds right uh, into their hearts uh, but at the same mm-hmm. time we, we all recognize that there are songs out there even non-christian songs secular music that really kind of touches. Our emotions and touches, like in, in ways that um, just saying it or reading it might not convey. Uh, we right. can appreciate this even for those who may not sing, like a poem, right? A good poem, or um, just to, you know, art and, and all that kind of and, and imagery and the way other ways that we can engage in terms of the arts. Um, but and so when it comes to like in the Bible, we see that when it comes to 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 music, and there's a special place that it has, I believe, in the church and in the in the Christian life, in that we. Read the Bible. We listen to it through preaching, and you know all the kind of stuff. But um, but when we sing it, I really truly believe that that's that's the bridge between perhaps where your mind and your heart and your emotions can really all connect with the truth of the gospel, the truth of who God is, um, and also unites people in ways that perhaps just reading it, the Bible verbally aloud or just listening to a sermon on a Sunday can't mm.
1: quite achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. well, what you're sharing reminds me of how, uh, I think it was, it, was, it was on the news about how there, there was a quite an elder, elderly lady in a senior's home and she has dementia. She doesn't remember the people around. But then when they start playing the music to Swan Lake, I think that's, oh, yes, yeah, she was start mm-hmm. dancing because she was a ballerina. Like, so it's kind of, and, and it's kind of fascinating watching her because all of that will come back to memory. Like she would know certain moves. Of course her body has aged, so she couldn't, Mm -hmm. right. But then she would almost her body kind of takes over in that, in that sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, This morning we had life group and they're sharing the fellowship. Uh, Joshua fellowship is our seniors ministry that works with the seniors. And they're saying how Bible memory and also hymns and songs is a great way of reaching out to them because their memory Mm -hmm. is fading. But then it's through song and through memorization of scripture, actually, uh, mm. it, it, it really, um, it stays with them that they might not remember other aspects, but they remember God through song. Mm. And it's very fascinating. And that's what it reminds me of, of, of what mm. you're sharing about. I, yeah. I think that's yeah.
0: like a brilliant, a uh, perfect example of kind of like what I'm trying to illustrate am trying to say with that. Right. Right. Um, and like, uh, you know, I'm thinking about other aspects of songs too. You know, I think, you know, contemporary Christian music kind of gets a bad rap because uh, yeah. a, a, a lot of the songs, I mean, especially maybe in the last five or whatever years, like they've they've been really repetitive, right? You just kind of say one line like over and over and over again, and you say and then you sing the and then you sing that part like for like five ten minutes, in five and, keys,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, but like so that's why I was mentioning these other songs, but like I, I appreciate like in terms of like hymns, right? Back in the right, day, right, I right. think about like, in Christ alone. Like all these, all, the, uh, all these classic hymns, right? That we that we normally sing, "Christ Alone," "Before the Throne of God Above," all that, and where they wrap the gospel up, um, and, and, and like very neatly and tightly within like a few minutes, where you're singing the entire gospel, uh, of of God incarnate, Jesus taking on the sin in the world, dying, raising from the dead, uh, raised from the grave, like, and then mm. how, how that is. like, it's just to unpack all of that in melody. I right, think. and 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 now I think when, like, I, and not just not to not to harp on you as a preacher, Doug, but like there are some things that sometimes like, uh, in song, people seem to remember the lyrics more than perhaps maybe like a sermon statement or whatever, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and actually, I, like I remember, I think we, we were both there. It's probably Worship Central where Darrow Johnson was speaking, and I remember him opening up by saying, as a preacher he is very jealous of worship leaders like Uh, he's envious of worship leaders he's like i could preach however many sermons but with one song Mm. (laughs) like so that's why he was like don't don't negate your gifting uh don't negate what you're doing with the church uh don't Mm. negate the ministry that you have because without one song as you lead like that was enough whereas like i can preach that sermon and you know mm. next day is like well what was the big idea again like <laughs> you know like uh, mm-hmm. but then like but then with these songs it kind of comes out because it's it's built into us like a melody mm. yeah uh, yeah so i, I do want to ask you this question like worship leading it, it's interesting because there's so many ways to do it in ways i mean because music is diverse mm-hmm. and it's and um, musically uh, we can play different instruments and, and, and whatnot but uh, this 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 age, age old question of like uh, remembering music, uh, like using music sheets
0: mm-hmm.
1: and remembering the lyrics. Uh, so, are you more of like having music sheets and having lyrics in front of you, or or is the standard if I can you know I'm doing our yeah. quotes here, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like to, to go by heart and that's kind of seen as quote unquote a better worship leader or what what have you? <laughs> like what what do you think?
0: Yeah this is definitely a loaded question lots to unpack here i think okay so for myself personally speaking uh and practically speaking Mm -hmm. i i am a music sheet and lyric in front of me kind of person but i think that's that's more so because um one is just the kind of the foundation of my musical ability and skill i haven't developed such skill that i mean
1: a, a lot of people
0: who when you say a lot i mean like people who are professionally trained or have right. gone through like all those levels of music to be musically proficient, and also like the- like music theory proficient. Right. Um, they understand music as a language in the same way that we know how to connect words in a sentence. Right. And so, um, like, I know I'm kind of going into kind of maybe a little more technical, kind of tangent when it comes to answering this question. But there, I like what I'm trying to say is that those who like we look at professional musicians on stage. Like I feel like a lot of them, they're not just, they, they don't just memorize it. It's because music is part of their language. And so mm-hmm. they know what the chord, next chord is, not because they remembered it, but because they know the language. And so they know that the next chord is this chord. I, I, having said that, so I, I, I'm i not trained in that way. So then I, I'm not so good. Not to say I can't train myself to be that way, but it's been challenging for me. It's like in the same way that like music is my, is not is like my second language that mm-hmm. I haven't been so trained in it that there are times when I trip up and I'm like, oh wait, what's the next word or am I using the wrong the wrong word here? Um and so uh I, I have it in front of me because that's I feel like that is more uh helpful in my worship leading than than not. Having said that in the end, I think what is most important is not whether you have the music in front of you or the lyrics in front of you, but more so your attitude of why you need or don't need it. Mm. Um, And so for example, there are are musicians on our team that do not need the music at all, right? Right. Because they're musically proficient in it. And that's great. Um, But at the same time, that's not to negate the person that's next to them who needs the chords in front of them. But it's because they're both playing to their best of their ability. And one doesn't need it and the other does. And that's okay. Because the thing is though, and there have been times when people, I feel like, for, try to force themselves to fit the certain mold of like, oh, to be like, quote unquote, like a professional and to be excellent means to not have any like chords in front of you, to be completely free in that, uh, to not have any lyrics. Uh, but I've seen times when people trip up because they don't have the lyrics, they don't have the, they played the wrong chord, they sing the wrong lyric because it's not in front of them, right? And right. that completely defeats the purpose of what you were trying to go with at the beginning with, right? That doesn't look excellent. That doesn't look like a good job in a sense Mm -hmm. uh, if I use the, if I use that phrasing. Um, Yeah. And so I think in the end, it is always good to try to go from the heart uh, and then, uh, but it's guided with these resources. So for example, like you can still have lyrics and and music sheets in front and the, then the chords in front of you. But the thing is though, if, if you're going to just stick to that mold, then perhaps um, that's not where you should like, you shouldn't just be like, okay, well, I want to know verse one, verse two, like and just go with the order all the time and then not consult God in, and to be a part of this in terms of where he, I feel, uh, where he wants to lead the song and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, um, yeah, anyway, I'm kind of rambling here. I'm not sure where I'm going with this. But in the end, it's like, I think it's, in, in the end, it's, it's you're meant to serve the congregation, right? And so right, right. whichever way works best for you is basically right. what I'm trying to say.
1: I think what I'm hearing though, it is starting from the heart and what is knowing the reason for why we're doing what we're doing, which is to lead the congregation and to lead whoever it is in front of you, whether it's your family member or like a whole you know entire church or a whole Mm -hmm. conference or whatever it is. Uh, But it comes from the heart of knowing uh, why we're doing what we're doing. And also what would help facilitate giving your best, which is what, what, what what I'm hearing. And also, Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, professionals, I, I learned later on that we often think there's no music, but then, you know with the, it, there's monitors for sound yeah but there's also mm-hmm. visual monitors that's why i've realized sometimes that some of the stages have a project not projector have a screen at the front of the mm-hmm. the stage that's hidden but that that's right. actually where the lyrics are that's true. <laughs> yeah or, or certain promptings or whatever so in some sense like we sh- we should learn but at the same time there's more to it yeah Than what the we see yeah yeah than, than what we think
0: and just saying that too, actually, um, so just lately as I'm using these multi-tracks as part of my worship leading, uh, as in like re- like professional recordings of like right. instruments and all that, uh, I realized that part of it too is that there's such a thing as like a, a dynamic track, I think, a dynamic or click track and all that kind of stuff. And so what we don't realize when it comes to these professionals is that they actually in their ear has a click to keep them on time. Right. But also there's another thing where they actually go like, like verse two, three, four, or like like verse one, two, three, four, and a chorus three, four. And then they'll actually tell you what you what you're gonna do next. Right. And so that's why it seems always so perfect, is because like they're all being told like we're going to verse three. So play like verse three. Right. (laughs) And sing verse three. Anyway. Right.
1: Right. And here's the thing, I think we are getting into something that's very important for church and our worship because we started talking about the heart of worship and how we come before god and we bring our best and whatnot but yet and i think i can't speak for an entire world or even you know all of north america whatever but the Mm -hmm. the worship music if i call it industry it's fascinating that's a whole topic of its own of why we sing what we sing how come uh, the, the music the worship music that we receive comes from certain aspects, certain parts of the world. And Mm. why is it that we only sing those songs and what, you know, what shapes our image of what it looks like to be a thriving worship ministry. Mm. Uh, And I think that we're inundated with all these different messages and ideas of what excellent uh, kind of looks like. So I guess getting back to the heart of things, like what, like to you, what does a thriving worship ministry look like to you? um
0: i guess how i would answer it is a worship is it's an incredible like it's 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 a external uh, it's very visual or it's very like outward in terms of our it's a very it's an external expression of what's going on on the inside um and so or should be an external expression of what's going on on the inside and i think what's tricky with answering this question is i think it, it can you can easily be deceived uh in the sense that if it's, it was like a non-christian like for example just like a secular concert right hmm. you can have people that are like uh really energetic they're raising up their hands they're singing along with the songs and all that right uh, and so you would say that in that environment they're thriving they're having fun and they're having they're you know right they're they're engaged and with the music but the thing is though they're not doing that to for god at all right that's that's just really just for their own and fulfillment that's they're glorifying the band um or whatever right and so i think where where i'm going with this is that i think where we can get tripped up is when we think about in the worship context is that you know the more lights the louder the sound the more hands raised like the more the more that people are shouting or singing and all that, right, that, right. and that is what would identify if your worship is thriving. Mm. Um, and, and that's the thing. And I think and I think that's, that's where we can get tripped up and that we can be, we're going to be focused on that overly too much. But having said that, I think if we were to really truly understand the gospel, uh, if we truly understand biblically, what worship is, how God calls us to sing, you know, how God calls us to, um, you know, lift our hands right in prayer uh, and in worship. If we were to understand that it, all of creation and all of heaven, all the saints, all the angels, and the creatures that surround his throne, they're all night and day lifting up this hymn of praise saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, and that every nation, tribe, and tongue is going to be declaring this and singing along with it. I think if we like it, would, it should actually therefore lead to of that um uh it should i think should lead to that dynamic like that open expression of this um uh, it's it's hard for me to 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 comprehend it to be able to like uh uh describe exactly but like you know what the like that atmosphere that you get in for example even like a like i was saying like a secular concert or whatever like i think if we were to as if we were truly to understand biblically worship and who God is it should lead to actually a triumphant cry and shout every Sunday and every time we gather right worship
1: so what were you saying is that like our internal beliefs and our experience with God uh worship is a very physical if I'm hearing correctly um, expression of what we believe our expression mm-hmm. of the relationship that we have with God. And it could yeah. be expressed with hands raised or it could be expressed with this deep compliment, you know, but then there's some, there's some sort of action There is, that, yeah, that, that comes with it. It's kind of, we can't say, you know, I have a very deep profound experience with God and there's no, not like nothing at all that, yeah. that to come in from it. Yeah.
0: And and I, I just think it's something very, very contradictory. When if <laughs> to explain the gospel and seated and just kind of be like, have your hands folded and be like yeah so god died for me and uh now i'm alive in christ right and there's and there's that (laughs) right right i just i just don't i just don't see how there the where's the victory in that where's where's the joy in that and um uh and where you might understand that in your mind but do you really truly understand it in your heart and i think there is that over there should be that overflow right and and again like we can talk about like th- this is where we get into the methodology right of like mm. where where does the expression come out and i right. think naturally in music and in song like again god has placed something special when it comes to bringing the church together to sing because right. you can express it in many different ways right? And, right and this is not the topic of the podcast but i mean um
1: <laughs> but anyway. but what you're saying the posture does matter mm-hmm. like posture matters in terms of how we worship how we encounter god like what i I mean, I'll share it personally here. What I've been finding the hardest by having, uh, worship at home, you know, at the Sunday services at home mm. is that like, how do we, uh, do I, and, and I know you say this every single, single week. It's like, do we stand? Do we sit? But I realized for me, it's like, if I'm sitting, that my physical outward actions kind of does something to me internally as well. Mm. Right. Like, like for me, it's like, you know, th- there's no uh, holiness in the sitting or the standing itself. Mm -hmm. but then in the action of it, it does change something inwardly as well. Mm -hmm. And and, yeah, I mean, that's a whole different topic as well. But um, even for me personally, like preaching while I'm sitting versus standing, like like those are two different things. Like does the message come out different? Like it's arguable, Mm -hmm. right? But I know for me, it it is a different kind of uh, experience for me. With the complexities, again, I keep saying complexities. Like I I really do find worship ministry complex in the sense that is not, there is a huge aspect where it starts with the heart, but then the hard part is there is also, if I can use this word, a deliverable, Mm -hmm. like in a sense of like, you still need to sing or -hmm. you still need to play an instrument if you're instrumental. Like, like there's an aspect of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So before I get into that, but like for you as a worship leader, like what does it mean for you to lead a worship team uh, in a ministry that's so complex? And I know for you, like uh, a, a term uh, has been like uh, worship leaders or lead worshipers. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know you mentioned that before, so do you want to expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, lead worshiper is definitely not my original idea. It's it's one that that's definitely um, spoken of and, and tossed around a lot. I think in the in the worship ministry, the the, the contemporary worship atmosphere, and at conferences and all that kind of stuff. Uh, in terms of leading like a um, a worship team specifically, uh, I mean there are there are a few elements. One thing is uh, we can just start with something simple, which is just practically speaking, leading leading a, a, a worship team definitely involves some you know logistical work in terms of bringing actually bringing the team together, but like, you know selecting selecting songs, the keys of the songs, and how they transition and all that kind of stuff, and then arranging the practices. Um, and making sure that everyone is, um, I guess, united in terms of I have has to have the common have a common mindset in terms of what we're trying to do with the with the worship set, but also in terms of I think there's there's a spiritual aspect of things for sure, uh, of checking to make sure that the songs that are being selected and sung are ones that are grounded in the Bible. And are also of our congregational in nature. In terms of, we encourage the church to come together, to sing together, um, and also spiritually speaking, to also make sure that the team itself is is grounded and rooted in in um, the Word, but also that they are being they are one with the Spirit, and that we are united in the Spirit, and that together we are using our gifts to glorify God. Uh, And not just for our own pleasure or just to do our own thing to show off our own skill. Um, So that's, I mean, there's, there's those, there's those two aspects. And I think I also primarily, and I get going back, I guess, to the lead worshiper part, is that you first and foremost must lead yourself into worship before you lead others for sure. That, wow, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's, I mean, not to say that God, God can use anything and everything, even the, the worst motives uh, for his glory uh, and can, can still bring a church together, even with like a worship leader that has, has the worst intentions, is there just for the glory of himself, him or her, herself. Uh, at the same time though, it, that doesn't benefit you as a worship leader. If, like, what, if you're there for the glory, um, then as Jesus, I guess, puts it in the gospels, then you have received your reward there is no actually internal because you receive you, that's, if that's the way you wanted, right. Just to people sing their songs, then Hey, you got it. Mm. Um, but for you really, for your own heart and for your own soul and for your own treasure in heaven, I guess um, you first and foremost must be at the place where, you know, whatever uh, if you truly really believe that God is worthy of praise and of everything and of everything that you are and have, um then on every sunday even outside of sunday how you live your life uh, the words that you speak right and the things that you feed your your mind and your heart with mm. um you're gonna be like hey i'm giving it all to god and this also includes my worship leading and how i do my sets all for the all for his glory um mm. and i am going to praise his name mm. um
1: yeah i love that like before we lead on the platform we must lead ourselves in the quiet place and when we're alone uh when no one else is watching that Mm -hmm. our our, as we lead the church and as we leave from a public place and on the platform again uh, we're really that's really an overflow what's been happening on the inside already Mm. and and we can't really give what we don't have and we can't force it in that moment. And we can't fake, I guess we could fake it, uh, Mm. but eventually that won't last. And there's no spiritual fruit uh, to, to, to that aspect. So really it comes down to like, back to the whole thriving worship ministry idea. It's like, it really comes back down to it's made up of a group of people that are leading themselves first. And they're having, trying their best to have this uh, strong connection and relationship with Jesus first, Mm -hmm. Uh, before they lead uh, other people, um,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah. important and like, and and like, this goes into what like the sets that I form, and and I kind of made this. This is not like a rule for everyone, obviously. Uh, uh, like I don't have no authority to determine who <laughs> who or what uh, how to form a worship set necessarily. You know, I think there's so many creative ways to do it, but then for myself, uh, one of the things that I ground myself on is like, well is this a song that I myself can worship in and through? Um, and, and that's, that's how I do it. I, I usually, when I do form a set, I go through it, I, I pull out my guitar and I, and I worship through it. I sing through it. I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. does this engage my heart? Does this engage my mind and my affections towards God? And if not be like, hey, let's put this aside maybe for mm-hmm. another week. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. Yeah
1: how do you balance a musical skill with not being showy because you, you did mention before in terms of the riffs and whatnot and, and i'm laughing right now because i think mm-hmm. of uh one of the songs that we sung a long time ago it's called the time has come mm-hmm. do you remember that song like by, yes, by, by Hillsong? I, I do and and the first five i swear i don't know how long the actual song is but like i feel like the first five minutes it's just riffs <laughs> The intro is, yeah. <laughs> the intro is just like, it goes on forever. And so, so I, I don't know, like from a worship leader point of view, and I know time has changed uh-huh. now, but like, is there a place for that? Like, how am I as a congregation, if a congregation member to, mm. to, to reflect like during that time when, you know, when the band is, and, it, for, and, and to be honest, like from, from, uh, from the congregation, I can look and be like, Hey, those guys are worshiping. Like they're in it in that moment. Like they're, they're giving up their, they're all to God. Mm. Uh, but also they could be a distraction as well. So how do you balance all that?
0: Yeah, that's, that's incredibly, that's incredibly tricky. And I think involves a lot of your uh, um, uh, to determine the, the context and the culture of your current, who you're serving. Um, Exactly. And so, uh, so this, this, I think this answer would differ according to just the context Mm. of, of just, and, and, and yeah, the circumstances of your own church um and what's uh, yeah and and the size even of your congregation and team and stuff so for example like we just take for example the time has come not not everyone's going to know that song but just just think of any like worship song with like really like a a long instrumental in the middle of it or at the beginning of it right where just this long period where there's no singing the the instrumentals are playing right and and there's this awkward moment i'm sure everyone's been there where the congregation is just standing there like watching and like, they don't know what to do with their hands. They don't know what's (laughs) like, what, like what, what's, what's happening. Right. And I think the thing is though, uh, in some contexts, there are those who understand that those moments are meant to be where you can personally express, right. Your, your, your own song to God. And some, some, if you've been to worship central conference, like they, they, the worship leader makes that clear. Like here's an opportunity for you to sing your own song, to lift your hands to pray, etc. Right, um, and then that that helps the congregation to to release their own thing during it as the musicians are doing their own their own thing. Um, but in some contexts where, I guess, more conservative kind of context, where raising hands is even kind of like a big thing. Um, right. I think if you were to understand that in just that's, that's the church that you're serving and that's the the culture that you're already um i guess is 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 uh, in front of you um then i think a long instrumentalist you would realize is actually would you would need further explanation and further invitation uh and just going right into it is actually gonna not do anything but make things awkward and be a distraction because mm you're just going to stand there for four minutes looking like a fool or feeling, <laughs> feeling, feeling like a fool. Right. 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 Um, so I don't so, know if that's, yeah, yeah no, no.
1: I, what I'm hearing is that like part of worship leading and part of being on the worship ministry, it's actually, you're not there to, you're there to serve God, but you're not there to serve yourselves. You're there to lead the church, the congregation. Exactly. So in some sense, like what is needed in order to lead them yeah, uh, uh, into that a little side note like i totally know what you mean like there's you know those four minutes of instrumental like what am i supposed to do yeah. <laughs> you know, with myself some people i'm like i'm just going to put my hand in do you remember that book where I kind of made fun of that i christian it was a christian author oh about yeah, like, yeah. Uh, i can't remember the, who wrote that um, the different positions of
0: your hands and and the postures of, how, yeah, of yeah. that you could <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, he, then and and he, he, and he, he,
1: yeah and he named them Right. I I don't remember what the names were, but yeah, I, I remember him remember rank, ranking it like ranking it from like rookie intermediate to like a pro worshiper, like <laughs> and like to anything from like holding hold my baby to like the goalpost.
0: <laughs> yeah, goal post That's it. <laughs> I remember yeah, the village, pe- the
1: village people touchdown. Like whichever, like you can choose. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, getting back to worship ministry in terms of. Like during our, for our church right now, like we're going through a bit of a tough time in terms of having frustrations, like having um, people serving uh, in the mm-hmm. worship ministries for various reasons, like COVID happened and it's still happening uh, mm-hmm. r- right now as we're recording this. Uh, so, and then the church, uh, the format for Sunday services and worship ministries have just had to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we haven't even touched on the whole technical side of worship ministry, like the AV team you know, like the whole like wiring of the, you know, all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. that just makes it uh, another challenge altogether. But like, what do you think drives uh, people away from participating in worship ministry? And what have been some of the biggest frustrations as you're putting together the team or asking people? Mm. Uh,
0: I think practically speaking, uh, worship is a pretty demanding ministry in that it involves uh a lot of your time uh outside of sundays like where you where you have to you know you have a practice but also you have to be practicing your musical like your instrument or your voice and all that and so i think that in itself is probably uh draining for a lot of people and it, yeah it involves, and involves and and also with being part of a small church uh your the frequency of that you're on the team can be a bit where it, it where it seems like you're on, on like every other week or whatever, and so I think that's probably one of the biggest. Um, it could be a biggest deterrent, but more so the biggest and keeping people from staying long term is because it just feels like it's it's just takes so much takes so much work. Mm-hmm. I think it's one aspect too, but I think the other aspect is also the the standards that we're trying to uphold at Lord's Love when it comes to our our worship um like those who serve because we're trying to drive home just this heart of heart of worship bringing your ex like bring your best and this idea of excellence uh to the table i think that can be probably kind of a um um it can, it can be a little daunting for some people to 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 cheat but that's the thing though it's not something that that's not something that i necessarily would like to see change in lord's love i feel like that's a good place to be like in the same way that the standard for example as someone who is at the pulpit who delivers the word of god mm. i think the worship leader is also delivering the word of god believe yeah. it or not yeah um, but just in a different format right because what yeah. we should be singing are the words of god right straight out of the right. bible
1: genesis chapter 17 right <laughs> like genesis 17 <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. My my, my Bible app just started playing by itself. (laughs) I I think that was a prophetic word.
0: Maybe we should read what Genesis Genesis 17 is. And that's probably the answer to this question.
1: Um. Good stuff. I'm not sure what, I really don't know what that was about. What Genesis 17 is the covenant of circumcision. So I don't really know. Uh, Uh, Anyway. So. Well, maybe part of it, actually, that's, you know, part of it, it is like the whole, like giving up of ourselves and how like worship leaders are set apart. I'm just thinking about that, actually, when you were speaking mm. in, in terms of how, like there is a giving up of ourselves because what I often hear is that, oh, I don't know if I want to be in front of people, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't know, like playing the instrument is one thing, right? And, but it's the fact of like having stage fright or being in front of people. And I'm thinking back to my own personal experience, whether it's on the worship team or even now, like, again, like I've never imagined I would be doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Like if you asked me when I was in high school, university, or as a young adult. um, Mm -hmm. So, but, but none of it was really driven by I wanted to be on the platform. Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, like that was the last thing I wanted, but there was a, a, a way of wanting to honor and glorify God and, and to, use my gifts which ended up with me being on the platform Mm
0: -hmm. right
1: so which is kind of I think a different thing uh so in in some sense like I guess when we're looking for people we're not looking for someone that's like hey I really want to be on the platform like actually that's kind of a red flag (laughs) (laughs) if that's one of the first things I remember talking to a group of I heard this it was another group of people in the city and I think they're planting a new church and and there, I can't remember the context of the conversation, but I remember hearing, oh, someone else helping that church. And he was, he was like, Hey, what do you think about this comment? This church is like, Hey, this, what their church said was, Oh yeah, we have a really strong worship ministry. We're going to be the next hill song. Right. So, so mm-hmm. even something like that, it's just, you know, like, I don't know the heart again. I don't know what was behind that comment, but even just hearing that, mm-hmm. if someone was like, I want to be on the platform, like, that's kind of like, well, that's how I know you're not ready. <laughs> that's how I know I'm not ready. If I, if, if ever it becomes a day, it's like, I just want to be in front of people mm-hmm. like that. That's um. Uh, that, that's not a good place to be.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we see that in terms of the biblical narrative too. I think in the end, uh, God's looking for those who will shine all the glory back to him. Not those who would take it for themselves. Right. Right. Um, right. right. I, uh,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I was going to say like, our time is coming <laughs> to an end. <laughs> And not, I not—I know for sure like this isn't even everything we wanted to talk about um, but I do want to end with this question it's like if someone is as they are listening to this and you're like I don't know like I don't know maybe this is something God is calling me to do maybe it's not I, I don't really know like how, how how did like how do I know if worship ministry is for me if someone is asking you that question how would you disciple them or walk them through that
0: yeah um I mean, all I can really share is kind of my own, my own journey with this. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely no expert when it comes to like music, right? I'm, I'm no expert musician. I'm, I'm not a professional musician. So what I'm trying to say is like the starting place is not to, to, to be like really proficient. You know, I remember when I first part joined a team, like I barely knew how to play, right? The drums, that's one thing. But later on trying to play via guitar, Wrist. I'm like I was barely able to play that, so I don't think that's the place to start. Um, necessary to be like, well, I don't know how to play instruments, so I'm not gonna be part of worship team, or I don't know how to sing, so I don't want to be a part of worship team, because that is me for both instances, and that would probably if I, that if that was where I was gonna be like, hey, this is where like that's obvious, like I don't want to really play, I don't know how to really sing, um, and not saying that I do now, <laughs> maybe a little, I I would like to think a little bit better than I was before, but um. Um, but that's not really the place to be. I think the first thing and for myself was that, Hey, worship is like worship is specifically in the, in the context of music and, uh, worshiping God through song and melody and music, like something I feel like is profound in that, in my, in my, in my, in my, my encounter with God. I know for myself personally, uh, that was where I really met with God singing those like yeah. hymns from the 1800s or sure. older at like that baptist church yeah and and that's the thing too if if i could meet god in as like 11 year old in the midst of like a bunch of old white people singing hymns i, I truly <laughs> believe that like nowadays you can, i mean anyone can really encounter god right and and that's, you're finding like hey you know like i feel like god's really speaking to me somehow some way in music and through singing like I'm, i find myself like turning on the radio listening on spotify because mm-hmm. i feel like it's a real it's a real blessing to to my heart and my and my faith mm. um then perhaps this is like god's this for me anyway like maybe god's nudging you like hey maybe this is something you want to pursue in terms of your service to him and and, and don't let like they don't use no much music or don't know how to sing be a deterrent for you because you know again i'm not a professional in any means i had to learn all this and still learning right and uh that but but that was the, my starting place. I love to worship. And that's what encouraged me to keep practicing uh, in mm. the end. And so um, it's that kind of constant feedback where where like I want to worship. And I, I know this sounds really bad, but I'm going to keep going at it because I re- I just really love to worship. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, so I, I would say that in terms of um, if you're considering it, uh, I guess consider first, you know, hey, do you enjoy worshiping God, right? Mm. Do you enjoy singing to God? Um and if so, then, you know, consider serving God in this way.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for those encouraging words. Uh, thank you for serving our church and exemplifying uh, how you love God. And I think I speak for the rest of our leadership and others at church that see you on the platform um, every single week. Uh, I think we're, we're encouraged uh, by you. Uh, so th- mm-hmm. thanks for taking the time to have this conversation. And I hope that this uh, does encourage many people. And I guess we want to encourage people to go read Genesis 17 <laughs> as well. Mm. And maybe God will speak uh, to them. So thanks for coming on today.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Also read uh, Romans 4. I think that's the one about uh, Abraham and circumcision as well. Uh, I don't know this also comes to mind. So <laughs> that's our theme verse for this uh, podcast. And
1: episode. with that, we'll call that call this come. We'll have this come to an end. <laughs>
0: That's good. See you everyone.
1: Well, that was my conversation with Duncan Wong, and I hope there were parts that spoke to and resonated with you. As we often say on this podcast, the goal of these conversations isn't so much of saying this is the only way to live or that we know everything, but our hope and our prayer really is that God will stir up some thoughts in your hearts and to move you to become more like Jesus. And especially after our topic today of the heart of worship and worship ministry, we just want to say that if you're a worship leader or you lead worship in any capacity in your church and your ministry, I just know that we're so encouraged by you. Keep up the good fight. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep leading people to the throne room of God. What you do matters. God knows that and our churches need you. So thank you for doing what you do. And so I hope and prayer again that after our conversation today that Uh, that you were able to move and become closer to Jesus, but you'll get some encouragement knowing that your struggles uh, aren't your own, that we're all going through it together, but may we continue to strive and to learn from one another and to all glorify God and to lead our churches uh, into the image uh, that he has called us to be. Well, that's all we have for today. We have a new episode every two weeks on the Wednesday, and I hope you'll be able to tune in when I have my conversation with Cal Chambers. Kyle is a certified school psychologist and a board certified assistant behavior analyst. Uh, She's currently working as a consultant at the Provincial Outreach Program for Autism and Related Disorders. She holds a master's degree in school and applied child psychology from the University of Calgary. So I'm really looking forward to that conversation and also how she came to faith and uh, her experience uh, in the Catholic Church and also now in the Protestant Church. Well, thanks for listening. That's all we have for today. So bye for now.